Welcome to the Trust Corner. Trust is essential for exceptional performance in business. This has been true forever, but recently we've seen more research around the topic of trust, and businesses are developing entire departments to strengthen trust with their partners, employees, and customers. SAP became part of the trend with the establishment of the Chief Trust Office in March of 2020. The Chief Trust Office works on new and ideal ways to optimize trust with our customers and partners. Where is this trend trust in global business headed? Our guest today has over 20 years of experience in helping companies across many industries transform themselves through technology-based solutions. As an enterprise trust leader at Deloitte, Michael Bondar leads a team of trust professionals to build trust in business. Michael is here to tell us how he does it, how he is focusing on trust, and how this helps businesses succeed and grow. Welcome to the Trust Corner, Michael. Thank you so much for having me. Very excited to be here. Michael, can you tell us a little bit more about your background and how it applies to your current role? Sure. Um, The first decade and a little bit of my career, I focused on business process transformation and tech implementations for major corporations across life sciences, consumer products, and technology industries. And and these companies really span the globe. And there's a reason why the word transformation was always associated with those types of programs. It was about elevating, enhancing, and improving the organization and taking them to entirely new heights based on driving change from within to, to drive that value, drive that performance. So while my work then wasn't specifically focused on trust, it gave me an appreciation for how all of these various parts of an organization must come together in a really integrated fashion to achieve those outcomes. And in our view today, trust for an organization is similar in that it's a combination of these elements that drive trust. Following that stint, I spent a bit of time of leading our global innovation efforts for Deloitte, specifically looking at building and scaling technology solutions to solve our clients' most challenging problems. So the combination of these experiences I think really prepared me and equipped me for the current role. Trust as a business category or domain is a relatively new trend. And how were you first introduced to the subject of trust within your company? Well, I have to tell you, it's a bit of a funny story, Uh, but this is approximately three years ago. I was in my innovation role and our CEO approached me with an ask. And he said, can we develop a meaningful way to help our clients on the topic of trust? And this is where it becomes a bit funny because while I don't remember my exact response, but it was something along the lines of, you know, here in my group, we focus on building and scaling cutting edge technology solutions. We build real things. Are you sure you want me to work on this? And again, I tried to be polite, of course, in saying that to our CEO, but in short, I was a skeptic and a cynic. And at the the time, I remember saying to myself, this topic just seems so nebulous, so esoteric. And I just kept thinking, what can we possibly do with this? But that was the last time I was skeptical about the importance and impact of trust in the enterprise. Fast forward to today, and I've left behind my innovation role, and along with several of my former innovation team members, um, come across here to lead this effort for our firm because I and the rest of my group so strongly believe in this topic and what it means for our clients and the business world more broadly. Michael, so since the CEO approached you and you saw the innovative potential of the trust domain, what has actually changed since you took the role and what have you learned about trust since you assumed that new function? Oh my gosh, I don't, I don't know if we have enough uh, time in our podcast to cover all of it, but 
Simply put, uh, trust is one of the most important things in today's business world, especially today's business world. You know, we began our work by conducting a lot of research and we looked at longitudinal studies, anecdotal examples. We looked at trust successes and crises and we conducted hundreds of qualitative interviews and then benchmarked thousands of companies. We looked across industries and sectors. We looked all over the globe and we saw time and again that no matter the angle of approach or part of the world you're in or the industry and sector you're part of, trust had tremendous and quantifiable impact on organizational performance. To give you some additional context and highlight some of that impact, we performed a number of studies and we saw that significant impact that trust has in organizational success. In financial performance, we saw highly trusted companies outperform low trust companies with up to four times amplification of market value. In brand protection, we saw organizations impacted by trust events fall anywhere from 26 to 74% behind their peers in value and their market cap fall by 20 to 56%. As it relates to customer loyalty, out of customers who highly trust a brand, 88% bought again from that brand and 62% bought almost exclusively from that brand. And last, but certainly not least, especially in the face of the great resignation, all of the issues we're facing with the labor market, nearly 80%, 79 to be precise, of employees who highly trusted their company felt motivated to work. So this impact is real. It's impactful and highly visible. And so, you know, we just, I just articulated four of those key categories, financial performance, customer loyalty, brand protection, and workforce engagement, but there's much more there. And so there's a real, as I mentioned, quantifiable and meaningful impact that trust has on business performance. The other thing that I've learned is as we've had these discussions with executives around the globe, there's consistently that initial agreement that trust is important. And it's typically accompanied by this fervor and excitement that yes, of course, trust is so critical to us. But as we continue the dialogue, that enthusiasm very quickly wanes because in most cases, organizations don't necessarily have the infrastructure, the leadership, the management structures in place to take those meaningful steps to treat trust like any other strategic organizational asset or KPI. And that was been reinforced by our research, which suggests that most organizations believe they are more trusted than what they really are. So again, this is just some of the learnings. Incredible numbers. And it's really fantastic, Michael, that we can now put real numbers behind the trust category. And as you said, trust is one of the most important domains you spoke about the benchmarking efforts that you led. You spoke about the research and how you influenced the industry. Uh, could you tell us a bit more about the projects that your team has led in this space? The projects have been the most, uh, most exciting and fascinating part of this. Uh, it's the best part of the job, the seeing the impact that we've had in organizations. I'll give you a few quick stories. Uh, a major consumer products company um, in the face of significant success. In fact, they were experiencing the best revenue and sales numbers they've ever had. And we approached their COO and we kind of laid out our trust narrative. And his response was, this is excellent stuff, but we're doing really well, guys. Like We don't need to, to tackle trust right now, maybe later. Then we said, well, let us perform a trust diagnostic for you and let's see what it uncovers, even in the face of all this massive success you're experiencing. He finally relented 
And he was very glad that he did because we identified a number of trust-related issues. Specifically, we saw problems with fraudulent websites, peddling counterfeit products, masquerading as products of this company. We saw issues with product shortages, but not just the shortages themselves, but that the consumer base was blaming the shortages on the company as a way that this company was trying to artificially drum up demand, which of course they were not doing. And also we saw perceived issues of product, product efficacy, which were actually misuses of the product. And so while the company was experiencing this phenomenal success and demand was at an all-time high, they also recognized that as we saw these issues, unless they addressed these trust breakdowns, they would feel the repercussions coming out of this massive uptick in demand. And so again, trust in this case was hiding, lurking around the corner, trust crises were lurking around the corner, even in the face of massive success. For another company, trust was really the driver of their transformation effort. This organization had just put on or put in place a new CEO and they had a string of trust breaches and they were intent on changing the organizational culture and really developing a new path forward. And so being able to introduce this comprehensive framework and being able to gauge, assess, and diagnose the efficacy of the various organizational actions provided the CEO and his leadership team a real objective way to develop a path forward. And this was data and insight based. This was comprehensive. This was consistently gauged and allowing them to see what good and bad looks like based on comparisons to industry and sector benchmarks. And then one last example, for another company, we worked with them to establish their trust office and elevate a leader within the organization to the chief trust officer role. This company had made several transformative steps forward and added trust as a key element of their organizational strategy and company values. And so they needed, they needed a way to manage trust and, and have somebody lead, uh, lead the company on this journey. And so again, we were very uh, excited and privileged to help that organization establish that office. Incredible. And it's really a great to look behind the scenes of some of the real business cases and examples. Uh, similar to some of the companies that we you have quoted, we at SAP have established an entire global team and the department focused on trust and security. Uh, but Michael, why do you think it's important for businesses to establish a chief trust office or a head of trust? You know, as I mentioned earlier, as we've had these discussions with executives, this initial excitement and strong confidence when the topic first comes up is quickly replaced by a bit less fervor and a bit less confidence when the conversation turns to questions like, well, who's responsible for trust in the organization or, or what are you doing specifically to manage it? Again, there's a lack of consistent answers then at that point. And of course, some of the answers in ownership often mention the entire company or the entire C-suite, or perhaps the CEO. But I think you'll agree in the corporate world, if everyone owns something, nobody really owns it. And similarly, trust certainly ultimately rolls up to the CEO, but just like any other topic, it requires focus, dedication, leadership, management consistency, and that cannot just sit with the CEO. It requires a day-to-day -day executive to take it forward. And so while we may not currently have a prescriptive one-size-fits-all answer for every organization on what a chief trust officer uh, should be and what a trust office looks like, we have seen companies that embrace this concept and institute a chief trust officer or task another leader to take that trust baton. Those companies tend to be more effective on this topic. They've made more progress on it. They're able to 
articulate what it really means to them and then institute not only a set of processes and an organizational structure, but also start to really move the needle on this. You know, it's not just check the box exercise, real progress has to take place. Michael, as you know, for SAP, trust is understood in terms of cybersecurity, privacy, and compliance. In the projects that you and I collaborated on and in the first forum of the chief trust officers that you hosted and I attended, you showed us multiple other factors and drivers that impact trust in business. What other aspects of business should trust be applied to? Well, I certainly agree with you and SAP on cybersecurity, privacy, and compliance. Those three areas, and we refer to these, by the way, as trust domains, they're very much at the core of our framework. From our vantage point, and this is something that we spent quite a bit of time on during our research phase and while we were establishing our framework, we identified 17 areas that have that disproportionate impact on trust. And again, we call these trust domains. The list certainly includes the likes of cyber, data integrity and protection, compliance, but it also spans to include things like financial crime, workforce experience, financial integrity and health, culture and purpose, and ESG, just to name a few. It really is this enterprise-wide view, which requires the chief trust officer to have primary ownership over several areas, but then work together with other leaders within the organization to really drive trust forward for the entire company in an integrated fashion. So again, I don't want to downplay cybersecurity, privacy, and compliance. Those are essential. Um, and, and the three of our 17 domains, but the other play, things play, play a huge role as well. Absolutely. So, Michael, obviously, from what you just said, trust is a big responsibility and leaders need to drive it across all of the domains. Do you think there's something that businesses still not understand about trust and the chief trust office or the potential of this domain? I think there's a lot of misconceptions, to be honest with you. In some cases, I think trust is looked at as a very reactive topic. You know, we have a trust breach, how do we respond to it? Or we have a cyber incident, how do we shore up our defenses afterwards? And in reality, at least our perspective is that it needs to be treated quite differently, proactively, strategically, with this look forward focus. And most organizations don't do it quite that way. Others seem to conflate the topic of trust with risk, which is not one and the same. I think the other element is some companies say, well, you know, we're all responsible for trust. Why would we have a trust office or a chief trust officer? And again, uh, you know, we, I think we can quickly dispel this, this notion that everybody owns it and it should be okay that way. I think ultimately, you know, it boils down to you can only effectively manage what you measure, what you act upon, what you create structures and leadership around. I mean, it just doesn't happen automatically by itself. And in the cases where it does, it becomes more of an outcome versus a strategic focus for an organization. And so I think those misconceptions will ultimately be cleared up. We see this notion and the concept of chief trust officer gaining steam and ascending. But I do think it's uh, up to us, to yourself, to me, and to others that are believers to continue to push this topic forward and then give it air. 
Absolutely. We are believers and we will continue to make sure that it's not diluted. So, but Michael, but if companies do think that everyone owns a little bit of trust that owns a specific aspect and it really diffuses the overall uh, ownership and accountability, how would you convince executives to prioritize trust and create an organization focused on trust if the company wants to go that direction? You know, in some cases, I, I try to use their words. You know, as I mentioned to you, as we have these conversations, there's that that enthusiasm, that fervor, like, yeah, trust is critical. Well, if it's so critical, you know, what are you doing about it? Uh, because, you know, other things are critical to you. Your financials are critical. You have a CFO. Your workforce is important. You have a chief talent officer and so on and so forth. Um, so that's step one. You know, why would you treat this asset, this critical strategic priority for an organization differently than you treat others. That's part one. Part two, I think is stories. Uh, allowing these leaders to see and hear what has happened to other companies that have prioritized this, this, this topic and prioritized it not only in time of crisis, but um, you know the way we look at it is building it, trust equity, taking steps, proactive steps, to do the right things, do the right things well for the right reasons to build trust. And ultimately, when you do face a breach of trust or a crisis of some kind, you are more resilient when that time arrives. So, I, you know, there's not, uh, I wish there was a, a secret, uh, secret sauce to pour on this, but ultimately, I, th I think it's a, ma a matter of illustrating the benefits of an office like this, of a of focus on trust, showing examples of good and bad, and uh, and using the momentum that is being generated in the business world relative to this topic. Exactly. Uh, Michael, my next question is around the KPIs. I know you covered some uh, part of that topic for Fortune recently, and it's something that we at SAP are very much focused on looking for more and more ways to measure, automate, and scale trust. How would you say businesses can measure or quantify trust? You know, this actually touches in your prior question as well a little bit, Elena, because, you know, how do you prioritize it? How do you make it real? Because conversations are great, but until it becomes this real quantitative element of the enterprise, then it sort of becomes just a conversation topic. And so we have been big on measurement, quantification, diagnosis of, of trust so that it becomes real in the eyes of executives so it can be better managed. And in our view, trust is measured both from within the organization as well as outside of it. And so we've developed a number of ways to do that. Um, we look at assessing over a million different data points, looking outside the company, from trade journals to, um, to news publications, to regulatory postings, to social media sentiment, and analyzing each of those signals for validity, for impact, for volume, for reach, to see just how trusted the company is in the eyes of all these different individuals or organizations. But as I mentioned, looking from the outside is only part of the equation. Oftentimes we are closer to the truth from within the four walls of the company. And so being able to diagnose and assess trust from within is just as essential. And at times we see this ability to compare how the company sees itself, how trusted the company is from within to what that same picture looks like from the outside that gives a number of levers and a number of areas for the organization to address. And the, the reality is measuring trust is not a core competency of most organizations. 
not only is it a nascent topic in general, it's certainly nascent for companies that specialize in something else. And so, um, you know, whether or not it's leveraging our methodology or another methodology, we strongly encourage organizations to, to take steps to identify who are your key stakeholders, what, is, what are you trying to ascertain, how do you measure those perspectives, how do you quantify it over time, and then how do you compare that to industry and sector benchmarks to give you an idea of what good and bad looks like. And as we are in the process of taking the steps, uh, today we covered uh, so many different areas. We covered the recent research, the drivers, how presence or absence of trust can impact companies. As we wrap up this conversation, I'd like to look at the future perspective as well. Where, in your view, is trust headed in the future of global businesses? You know, we've had a number of conversations with Fortune 500 CEOs. And consistently, they are the ones that are bringing up the topic of trust without solicitation. There's been a number of really powerful statements made, including something that really resonated with me, which is trust is built in droplets, but lost in buckets. And there's a pretty profound, pretty profound statement, which, which requires discipline and patience and focus in building trust. And I think that's where the business world is headed. There's a greater recognition and acceptance of this topic, of its importance, of how tangible, how real it is. And so with that understanding, I think businesses are starting to pivot, take steps forward, whether it be the implementation of a, of a trust office and a chief trust officer, or just being able to articulate what trust means to an organization, kind of taking baby steps forward. But I think there is momentum being built across industries, across sectors, across the globe. And what that looks like in the future, I, you know, I was talking to another CEO and, and this person said, trust right now today is like what risk was 25, 30 years ago. The notion of chief risk officer was relatively new back then, similar with the chief trust officer today. And look where this role is today in today's business world, how essential it is. I sincerely hope and believe that trust is going to have a similar journey in terms of acceptance and elevation within the C-suite across global businesses. Michael, thank you for joining us today, for helping create a new market category and for helping elevate industry standards of trust. Thank you so much for having me. It was truly my honor and pleasure. Thank you.